The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. Well, we're well into January and it's time for my favorite astrologer to give us some insight into what the year ahead has in store from an astrological perspective. So as a reminder for those of you who are unfamiliar with astrology, it's the influence of the stars and the planets on humans. So the movement of the planets and the stars they influence us daily. I find it fascinating and so much fun, which is why I like to share all the insight with you. Joining me today is astrology consultant and author, Courtney O'Reilly. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be able to speak with you. Hi, Dr. Claudia. It's so fun to be back on the show. <laughs> I love having you on. Um, and you, oh. as you know, to me, astrology is so much fun. So I look forward to our conversations um, and I look forward to what the year ahead has in store. And I like to know if certain months are going to be more difficult than other months and uh, which ones are going to be jam-packed with fun. And so because January is the beginning of a new year, I thought it would be perfect for us to get started. So what can we expect from the stars this year? Yeah, I love that you're into astrology and that you like to plan ahead with that. I mean, that's what it's best used for is um, taking a look at what the climate is for the year to come and planning accordingly. So there's a few things that are happening, uh, pre predominantly with Jupiter. So Jupiter um, is sort of sharing his time between two signs this year. So that's exciting and a little bit unusual for him. Saturn will be finishing out his last uh, year of three years spent in Aquarius. So we're sort of getting some final storylines to lessons we've been learning related to that. Uh, the luckiest day of the year when the sun has its annual meeting with Jupiter. Uh, this year it will be in the sign of Pisces and that's on March 5th. So there's a couple really exciting dates early on in the year in the spring. So that's the first one. The sun comes to meet Jupiter and this is um, you know, any t anything that you have that you want to uh, go really well, the climate is right for that. So if you're wanting to ask for a promotion or launch a business or, you know, something that you is special and you really want to have the planetary, you know, weather backing it, that's a nice time to do it. And it avoids Mercury retrograde and some other planetary retrogrades. So it's a nice time that early March. And then we have this really special aspect happening between Jupiter and Neptune. So uh, this happens, they come to meet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, let me explain it. Cause that's like, what, what does that mean? Yeah. So Jupiter is considered a benefic. So the ancients called him the giver of gifts and good luck. I think of him as like Santa Claus and planet form. <laughs> it's very joyful and expansive and warm. And Neptune is an outer planet and it sort of governs these uh, higher arcal themes of tapping into something greater beyond the mundane so that's um you know from a spiritual level whatever it means for you god the universe your higher self and so it has this sort of spiritual component but it's also very very creative so it governs things like art the fine arts and culture and so for these two big players to come meet it it's sort of rare they only meet once every 12 to 13 years and this year, it's extra special because they'll be meeting in the sign of Pisces. And this only happens once every 166 years. And the reason that this is special is that Jupiter and Neptune are both the planetary governors of the sign of Pisces. So 
Every planet has a sign or two that it oversees. It's sort of its domain. And so now we have the ancient ruler of Pisces, Jupiter, and the modern ruler of Pisces, Neptune, coming to meet in the sign that they both oversee. So that's why it's so special. It's rare. It won't happen again in our lifetime. And what we might begin to see with this is sort of um, a resurgence of creative output. You know, I don't know if you've heard, but I've seen some things floating around about um, the roaring 20s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that any of us really felt that very much. But I think this combination, these two heavy hitters coming to meet in the sign, we're going to see a resurgence of um, creativity and art and, um, you know, infused back into the culture. So that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And then we have some planetary retrogrades. So Mercury, who always retrogrades, you know, he retrogrades a few times a year. We all hear about it. We all feel it. But we have two other planetary retrogrades that we'll feel quite intensely. So Venus is retrograde right now. Mm-hmm. And that's been happening since the end of last year. So she went retrograde December 19th of 2021. And we'll go direct this month. So January 29th. And so really when a planet retrogrades, they all retrograde the inner ones we feel the most. But with Venus, it's, um, she's a money planet. She's relational. So this is, you know, not a time to maybe be amping up around new relationships, new initiations with a business partner, a romantic relationship. Um, you want to kind of keep your finances even. It's not a time to make big investments or big movements financially. Wait until, Uh, early February for that when she kind of regains momentum and then Mars will retrograde this year. So this is, those two don't always retrograde every year. That's a little more rare. So Mars will retrograde at the end of the year. That's October 30th, 2022 into January of 2023. So we'll go direct January 12th of 2023 and Mars is like gas in the tank. So anything that you want to have, you know, that behind it, you want to avoid the Mars retrograde because your efforts will sort of be futile. It just won't take off the way you would want it to. It sort of falls short. So avoid that Mars retrograde for any, you know, big launches, big initiations, things that you really want to, you know, have full steam ahead. Either do it before, uh, you know, early in the fall or wait until February of 2023. Uh, so that's sort of like the big headline planetary news for the year. And of course, I know you have some more questions for me, so we can get into some more of that as we continue. Actually, I think that sounds so fascinating. And when we talk about this stuff, I mean, for me, it's kind of, you know, I have a, l- a slight understanding of it. Um, so I find it even more fascinating. But for n- beginners, th- they probably don't realize the impact of these things. But it's very interesting to me because, you know, with Venus in retrograde, you know, it's not a great time, you know, financially. And also it affects like beauty. Um, And then if Mars is going to be in retrograde at the end of the year, so it's probably not a great time because things are going to move slowly. So this is a great way to kind of plan your year and understand, you know, for what you have in store for yourself and your own mind, that maybe that's why things aren't moving as quickly or maybe they're moving so fast and you're it's unexpected so if you have this little bit of insight it actually can help you kind of plan your life and understand your life yes I love that you said that because I think sometimes it's it's not that it's happening to us it's it's nature it's like the weather so you get to co-create with that and you have free will Mm -hmm. so of course you could launch something 
But, you know, over time, if you follow these cycles, you'll, you'll see. I think the most predominant one, we really see it and feel it across the collective because it's um, sort of very popular in um, current media and things is the Mercury retrograde. <laughs> so if you're new, maybe you start there and you just observe what happens if I try to push ahead or sign a contract with Mercury retrograde. Do I have to go back and resign it? So you'll begin to see, it takes a little time and observance, but you'll begin to see like, oh, it, this works. We don't, you know, it's it's um, not a precise, it's precise in that it's mathematical, but it's mm-hmm. not, um, it comes from a place of esoteric and sort of tapping into the natural cycles. And so in that way, we can't, uh, you know, maybe track it the same way we can scientific data. But if you follow these cycles in your life, you will begin to see it work. So, okay, so there are 12 different zodiac signs. Are all signs affected differently by these astrological predictions? Yes. So I loved this question. I thought I was like, oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I think people are like, well, how could that possibly be? How can you just divide all people up into 12 signs? Well, there's two parts to that. One is that you, you have your sun sign, you have your rising sign, you have a whole chart, you have an entire chart that includes all of the planets, the sun and moon in relation to one another. And so this is what sets you apart from someone else that has the same, you know, birth month as you, there's all these other moving parts. But uh, to loop back around in terms of there being 12 different signs, when I saw this question, I pictured, so picture you're at a party or you have some people over a dinner party and you're sitting around a circular table. There's 12 guests, including you, and you're all sitting around this table. You're all in the same environment. You're there together. You're in the same room. Uh, but because you're in a circle, each of you has a different vantage point of what's going on in that room and in that climate. And so it is with astrology when we're looking at a chart, each sign has a slightly different vantage point of the same environment. And so in that way, you're experiencing it from right a different perspective. It's focusing, you know, certain planetary placements are going to enhance and create a focal point around a different area of your life than maybe the person sitting across the table from you, right? They, they're looking at it from a different angle. So in that way, yes, like the yearly weather will affect you in a different way based on your sign. It's just the vantage point you have for that time. Does that make sense? Yeah, actually, you know what? That makes really great sense because you're right. It's imagining you're sitting in a room and, you know, one person's looking out a window, one person's looking at a beautiful painting on the wall. Everything is different yet the same. So that's a really, really good explanation. Now, I have a question that fascinates me. So Every mm-hmm. year, there uh, one zodiac sign is con- is the celestial favorite. So, what does this mean for that particular sign? Yes. So, uh, this is language we use to talk about where Jupiter is for the year. Okay. Jupiter takes about one year to make its way through each sign. So, you know, twelve years to orbit the sun, and for this year. Uh, that he spends in each sign, that sign is considered the favorite. Because he's a Santa Claus, remember? He's <laughs> coming <right>. <laughs> in, he's bringing um, his gifts and abundance. You become emphasized, right? You're the focal point of Jupiter. Wow, that's so special. And it only happens once every 12 years. So, uh, you know, that's where that lingo comes from. But this year, Jupiter is um, doing something a little unusual based on the pace that it's moving at. And also his retrograde cycle. So 
we're starting out the year with Jupiter in the sign of Pisces, but he's going to kind of do this dance throughout the year where he dips into the sign of Aries, goes back to Pisces, and then goes direct into the sign of Aries again. So we get kind of this interplay between those two signs. And so in this way for this year, uh, looking at the Gregorian calendar and sort of looking at where Jupiter falls within that, Pisces and Aries are both sort of the favorites because hmm. he'll spend time in both. Um, and actually, let me just give you those dates because I'm going to tell you something further and it will help listeners okay. sort of gauge where they fall within that paradigm. So uh, Jupiter entered the sign of Pisces December 28th of 2021. He'll stay there until May 10th of 2022. At that point, Jupiter will move into Aries mm-hmm. and Aries becomes the focal point. Okay. So then it will stay in Aries until October 28th of 2022. And then it'll retro, it'll move back into Pisces for just a couple of months, just a quick stint mm-hmm. there to move back direct into the sign of Aries December 20th of 2022 until May 16th of 2023. So Pisces is a water sign. When Jupiter is in Pisces this year, uh, really all signs are going to benefit from Jupiter this year because of this. So when Jupiter is in Pisces, the water and earth signs are going to benefit because he'll be friendly to you by angle. So Pisces is the favorite, the, you know, queen of the day, that's Pisces. Uh, but the other water signs that will be emphasized will be Cancer and Scorpio, uh, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces are the water signs. The earth signs will also benefit while Jupiter is in Pisces. So that's Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And then when Pisces spends some time in Aries, Aries becomes the queen of the day. Hmm. And the fire and air signs are emphasized and receive Jupiter's benefit. So the uh, fire signs are Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, and the air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. So everyone's going to benefit. Write those dates down Mm -hmm. on your calendar. And that's, you know, it's kind of exciting. We don't usually get that. Jupiter will usually spend the bulk of the year in one sign, and that's the focus. But this year, we all get a bit. So I have another big question. All my questions are so big because I find this, (laughs) I find it really interesting. Okay, so what is the rising sign compared to your sun sign? Ah, this is such a good question. So the rising sign is really important. It's a, a very special mathematical point in your unique birth chart or natal chart, same thing. So the rising sign can only be calculated using your precise birth information. So that's your birthday, including the year, the exact time of birth, and your birth location. And this tells us what sign mathematically was rising or coming up on Earth's easternmost horizon. And the reason it's important is if that was the perspective of the world at that moment, you, as little baby being born into that moment, pick up and absorb that environment. So you then carry a similar worldview. And again, this can only be calculated using your precise birth information, whereas the sun sign is important because it shows us where the sun was when you were born. And this is based on the month that you were born in. The sun stays in one sign for a month. And so that's your sun sign. We all, every person has two charts, your solar chart, which is based on your sun sign and your natal chart, which is calculated using your precise birth information and tells us what the rising sign is. And they work in tandem. They're um, of equal importance. So 
If you don't know what your rising sign is, you can use a free chart calculator. Astro.com has one. Make sure you have the exact time. That's really important. Mm -hmm. And you just plug in your info and it will tell you what sign you have rising or on the ascendant. And actually, if you read horoscopes, you can read for both. And then Mm -hmm. you blend the two and you get more insight uh, into what's upcoming for you in that way. So just to clarify, so the rising sign is my birth date. So it'll be based on when I was born. So let's say my birthday is January 25th. Um, Does that make me Aquarius or is that what my sun sign is? Mm -hmm, That's your sun sign. Ah, okay. The sun date, the timing is really important when calculating the rising sign. So the zodiac belt is rotating and a new sign is rising on the horizon about every two, two and a half hours. Okay. So we want to calculate where you were born to see wh- wh- in which two and a half hour, you know, window mm-hmm. you were, what sign was rising on Earth's horizon. So the time, it's the combination of the time and the date that, uh, with the rising sign. That mm-hmm. is so interesting to me. I'm so excited. When we come back, <laughs> Mercury retrograde, supermoon, and a total lunar eclipse. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Courtney and I were discussing our rising sign and our sun sign. But now I think I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to discuss Mercury retrograde. We're going to start with that. Uh, you know, it's annoying. <laughs> and so we all take notice. Um, Mercury, I like to say, you know, it's frustrating. It's not tragic. <laughs> Um, Mercury retrogrades several times throughout the year, so we're all familiar with it, whether we're paying attention to the cycle or not. Paying attention to the cycle can help you plan, right, which is really why you look at all of this. But um, Mercury retrograde generally retrogrades about three times a year. This year we'll have four because he sneaks in like a sneaky sneak right at the end. December 29th of this year, it'll go retrograde. So we we get four just barely. But um, And actually, it's about to retrograde this week, January 14th uh, to February 3rd. Mercury will be retrograde, so you may already be feeling that. But in general, Mercury governs communications, commerce, travel. Uh, and so when a planet retrogrades, it's, it kind of goes to sleep. It slows down all the things it emphasizes. And so in a high-tech society, a fast-paced, you know, culture, we don't really like to slow down. So we're trying to kind of push ahead and keep things moving. And Mercury is telling us to take a break. He's actually giving us permission, and we're trying to go against it most of the time, and that's where the frustration comes. So you'll have those instances where uh, you send an email and you CC your boss when you didn't mean to, or... Uh, you're waiting for the train and it's always on time. And for today, for whatever reason, it's 20 minutes late and it's just endlessly frustrating. So the idea is to try and work with the cycles. If we're meant to slow down, it's a time to take natural rest. Don't push ahead. Use the time to instead review and revise what's already in the work so that when Mercury goes direct, uh, things are further organized 
and ready to really be pushed forward instead of, you know, that more haphazard just flying by the seat of your pants. Um, and I think there's so much focus on it, too, because media has really latched on mm-hmm. to Mercury retrograde. I think it's kind of fun to be like, oh, no, <laughs> listen to this. Um, but really, it's like I said, it's not tragic. You just need to slow your roll a little bit. Uh, and I like to use Mercury retrograde as an excuse for, oh, boy, oh, I blame it on Mercury retrograde. Yeah. <laughs> and that now my, so good, yeah. Yeah, right? Why not? I mean, blame everybody but yourself. But that make, you make a really good point. And as much as we sh- you know we all talk about it, it, it did take a, a huge leap because of media. And instead of just dreading it and being fearful of it, we should probably just use the opportunity to kind of focus on slowing down and, and leaving early and making sure that we, you know, check dot our I's and cross our T's in a slower pace so that things don't go haywire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, you can think of it too as Mercury, he's kind of coming in and he's like giving you permission to take a break. How nice is that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can use that time to really like refine what you've already been working on. And that has its own value too. Right. So let's talk about lunar eclipses. I think there are two this year. Yes. So eclipses, we, we have them every year. Um, we have we call them eclipse seasons because they come in pairs. Occasionally we'll get three, but usually it's pairs. So a lunar eclipse is when uh, we have an eclipse on a full moon. A solar eclipse is when we have an eclipse on a new moon. Um, and so in an eclipse season, we have a lunar and solar eclipse. They come in a pair back to back. So we have um, two eclipse seasons, one in the spring, one in the fall. And now this year in 2022, we are fully in the eclipse cycle of Taurus and Scorpio. Eclipses um, work in families of signs, of opposing signs. And so they'll stay there for about a year and a half and deliver their lessons and help us sort of level up that area of our life for that period of time. So if you are familiar with your chart, you'll want to look to where Taurus and Scorpio live because that area of your life is undergoing some major renovation. If you are a Taurus or Scorpio or you have Taurus or Scorpio rising, this is going to be a profound year of um, growth and evolution. I think of eclipses are very karmic because Mm -hmm. what happens when we have an eclipse is the moon comes to meet its own axis. And so uh, for this reason, they're thought to have a very kind of karmic quality. They're like new moons and full moons times three. They're very potent. Um, They tend to sweep away things that we're clinging to that are no longer meant for us. And so in that way, they clear stagnation. They create movement. They clear space for new opportunities to come in. And often, you know, I find... When once you get through that cycle, on the other side, you get six months out or so, and you look back and you're like, "Wow! Like I can't believe I grew so fast in such a short amount of time." Because they they just kind of speed things up. Uh, so if it's helpful, I can give the dates. Of sure. Those. If you have them, that'd uh, be great. Yeah, I have them. So uh, we have a new moon solar eclipse in the sign of Taurus on April 30th followed by a full moon lunar eclipse in Scorpio, May 16th. So that's eclipse season this spring upcoming. And then at the end of the year, we'll have a new moon solar eclipse in Scorpio, October 25th. 
And then we'll finish out that season and the year with the final eclipse, a full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus, November 8th. Hmm. So those are dates you want to mark on your calendar. And, and, you know, if you're not familiar with astrology, don't freak out. Just make a little note about what's happening because it will inform you about what area of your life is sort of being activated and where that growth is happening. And, um, and, and they'll tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Each eclipse uh, builds upon the next. So you'll begin to see a through line of where you're growing. And you know your life. So mm-hmm. you know what you need to focus on and what's happening. Uh, the eclipses just really speed it up. So before we end our interview today, if I was um, new to astrology and I wanted to reach out to, you know, have a session with you, you have all kinds of different services that you offer. So in a session, what would I expect? Would I be expecting you to go through all of these things and tell me like, when is a good time to plan this and what I might be working on? Just explain to listeners what that would be like. Sure. So um, in my practice, I do one-on-one consultations and I write and I um, do virtual events and things. But if you were to book a one-on-one session with me, depending on the service you booked, we would start, what I recommend is booking a natal chart reading. So that's your birth chart. That's your unique print that doesn't change. And it can be so sort of profound and affirming to explore that. And then everything builds upon that. So if we were to look at your sit one-on-one and look at your natal chart, we would go through all of your planetary placements, where the sun and moon were, how everything was relating, synthesizing that. And so it gives great insight into the innate gifts that this person came in with, perhaps challenges that they, um, you know, are bumping up against as a means to outgrow in this lifetime. And so really it's a way to zoom out and sort of see the big picture of the life in order for you as a person to zero back in right now in your current life and make more conscious decisions using that information. And from there, if you book a year ahead reading, we would build upon that. So we would look to how all of this planetary weather, what's happening right now in the sky, is relating and affecting your unique birth chart. Uh, So it's very tailored to you and gives you, uh, you know, all these key dates, when to move forward, when Mm -hmm. to hold back. Um, And it's based on you as the individual, what you're hoping to accomplish in the year, right? So it's really sort of a roadmap for you and your purposeful Mm co-creation with what's going on. to, to really optimize what's happening. And so, and you and know, I should say my sessions are, they're really insightful and very thorough <laughs> and uh, they're really fun. We right. have so much fun together. So if listeners would like to book, I would love to meet with any of, any of them, anyone that's interested. And well, I encourage everybody to get a hold of you and just have fun with astrology because aside from giving you some insight, aside from, you know, maybe making difference in your life for the positive it's fun and for me 2022 is all about doing things that are fun and inspiring Courtney I cannot thank you enough for joining me today so for those listeners that want to reach out to you let us know where they can do that Sure. And thank you so much for having me. I always love being on your show. I have a great time speaking with you. You always have the best questions. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So if listeners would like to reach me, my website is vibrantsoulastrology.com. And you can find me across the social media platforms on Instagram and Facebook at Vibrant Soul Astrology and Twitter at Vibrant Soul NYC. 
That's awesome. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website, ClaudiaMachiella.com. That's the show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.